Hello and welcome Friar Town. Today is February 8th and we're going to be joined by Friar all-time great and current special assistant to the head coach, LaDante Henton. I am Billy Ritchie and this is the Friar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 19 of the Friar Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Billy Ritchie, joined by the great Kevin Farahar of FriarBasketball.com. And today, we have a very special guest who I'm sure you are all familiar with. One of two Friars all time, 2,000 points and 1,000 rebounds. Ed Cooley's first recruit, Lansing, Lansing, Michigan, born and bred just an all-time great friar an all-time great person somebody we're very excited to have back in friar town now on the bench which we're going to get into shortly ladies and gentlemen let's give it up for our our guest ladante henton ladante welcome to the friar podcast hey, thanks for having me my man i'm excited to be here go friars man coming off a great win yesterday the, the juices is flowing man and thanks for having me we are indeed recording the night after the Friars had an amazing three-point win at the Cintas Center against Xavier last night. We're still obviously living in the high of that, but we're going to go through some and, and pretty much all of what ladante has been going through on the bench this season. So to kick it off, Ladante, just, of course, wanted to highlight, of course, that you were Ed Cooley's first recruit and, and that you have a special bond with him, of course, due to that fact. But realistically, like, how did Providence get on your radar initially? I mean, it's a, it's a crazy story, man, because initially I was assigned and committed to Dayton University, University of Dayton. And um, the coach, Brian Gregory, had left, and it, it left me. It was about May or April, I would, I would say, my senior year. So it was kind of late, and I opened my recruiting back up, and I was on the phone with Providence uh, the next few days. And it just made sense for me to take my visit here, and on my visit, um, everything fell in place for me. Uh, coach, I knew Coach was a guy that I could play for. Um, that it, it was he was trying to build a, a culture over here, a family atmosphere, and something that I need, and, and an opportunity to play right away. And um, everything he told me on that visit came true, man. That's awesome. I mean, obviously Ed has such a special relationship with all of his players, and I'm glad that you had that feeling, like that you you kind of knew that it was all going to come together. Like, you didn't feel like it was, like, a sales pitch or anything like that? No, I, uh, Coach, one thing about Coach Cooley, man, he's a genuine guy. He's he going to tell you how you feel, and he's going to tell you it in a real way. And um, I respected that. I respected that. So I didn't think it was anything fake. Um, I thought it was all real, and, and it happened to be. So on top of that, so you arrived to Providence, Rhode Island, guessing you've probably never been there before. No, never. Never. I didn't know what to expect. Um, it was totally different than, than Michigan. I'm a Midwest guy, so it's more laid back out where I'm from. But out here, it's just more fast-paced. And, and the, the weather was pretty much the same. But I didn't know what to look forward to, but I ended up loving it on my visit. So it, came, it became a place that I could see myself playing for the next four years. And now there's a question that we ask on each one of these podcasts. We've had Kyron on. We've had God Sham got on. We've had Jamel on. Do you have a favorite restaurant in Providence that you enjoyed going to when you were a player? Mm, that's a good question. That's a great question. I, I've been here for a while now, so I got a few restaurants. Um, but I love seeing I loved seeing on um, Federal Hill. That was my spot. 
but they they um closed it down now. So they still have one in Smithfield that I that I go to. So Sienna was my favorite. Great choice. I mean, just an iconic Rhode Island restaurant. So that's that's yeah. actually one of the best restaurants. That's actually one of the best answers that I think I've ever gotten on the show. So I like that. I like that. <laughs> that's awesome. You're, you're you're. I feel like you're a Rhode Islander now. So I you know like like you're yeah, you're, you're yeah, definitely yeah. one of us. <laughs> yeah, this, this this my second home, man. Well, ever since. I came here as a freshman, man. The, the city and the state of Rhode Island embraced me, and I fell in love with it ever since. It's awesome. We're very glad to have you. So, so like, like we were talking about before we went on air, we're not going to get too much into your playing career because what we want to talk about tonight is your role on the bench. But in terms of your experiences after PC, would love to just talk about, like, you stamped the passport in a bunch of different places. We're talking, like, Spain, the Philippines, Israel, Taiwan with the Lumineers 10 to seem like seemed like you had some pretty cool stops along the professional career, like, and of course in the G league with the Agua Calicante Clippers, what was it like playing after PC for you? Um, it was a great journey. Uh, I was fortunate, uh, fortunate enough to play in some great places. Um, I played in Spain, which was amazing, beautiful place. Um, Israel, it was great. Just learning and learning the game in different ways and different countries play different styles of basketball. Um, networking, getting to know other players that, that played at a high level over here in the U.S. Um, it was a, it was an amazing journey, and I loved every every bit of it. But I felt like I gave the game everything I had. And um, this summer when Coach called me, it, it was like a no-brainer to come back home to Friartown. 100%. Of the stops that you had overseas, what was your favorite? Mm. I like Taiwan a lot, man. That was my last place I played. Um it was a great place to be that the organization that I was with was an amazing organization, an organization with integrity, the Century Lioners. Um, I still talk to the fans. I still talk to the, to the um, organization, the people within the organization, the GM. I call them all the time and still have a conversation with them. It was it felt like a place I could have played for a long time. But um, I was unfortunate that I made the decision to start coaching. They was a little upset with me, too. <laughs> Well, I don't, bl- I don't blame them because you're a heck of a player, um, but you're, you're, you're meant to, you're meant to come home. And it's, it's a great segue into how I want to ask this question, because in, in life, like a lot of people struggle from transition to being a player, to being a coach, because when you're a player, everything's in your control, whether you're in sales, whether you're playing basketball, it's like, everything's in your control. You know what you can achieve. What has that transition been like coming back to the place where you played and you were extremely successful, had an amazing career, and then jumping on the bench and, and giving back to the next generation of Friars? I always knew when I was done playing basketball that I was going to get into coaching. Um, Coach Cooley, me and Coach Cooley talked about it a lot. I come back in the summers and we have the conversation about when I'm done, he, he think that I would be a, a great coach and he would love for me to come back and help the program. And um, it's been great. It's been great. The guys embrace me. Um, I'm like like a bigger brother and, and a coach at the same time to these guys. Um, they listen to me. This is a great group of guys. I mean, they're special. They really listen. They really live in the gym. Um, so they made it easier for me, knowing this is a place that I didn't play and I did it before them. And then the coaching staff is, is great. Coach Battle, uh, Coach Blaney, Coach Thomas, they all allow me to be myself, come back and be myself and allow my voice to be heard. So... They, I respect them to give them the utmost respect and they respect me also. So it's been a great journey man. with the, the five, six months it's been. Are there any times where you just like want to jump in and like, or you jump in playing pickup with the guys or like, 
you're like, damn, I could still, you know, I could still put up 30 right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. My thing is, you know, they, they always challenge me to, to one-on-one. So we kind of play like a king of, of, of the court type deal. And I still got it, man. I still show them a little something. And then they, they be mad at me for the next week until we play again. So <laughs> I still get on the court and I show them, show them a bit of a few things that uh, it's a reason they call me buckets, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, LaDonna, I have a question for you just regarding, you know, for you, you know, you were kind of seen as, and I'm not sure if you even realize this, among the fan base, kind of like the ultimate Ed Cooley player, like just a, just a tough kind of player. Um, and I was wondering if you could speak to kind of like what type of player really thrives under Ed Cooley and why that made, why you were such a, a player who did thrive under under Ed. Um. Everybody who knows uh, Coach Cooley knows he's a tough-minded coach. Um, so you have to be a tough guy to play for. You have to have tough skin. You have to have been through things to, to play for him. Um, he like guys that are, that are balls to the wall and go out there and play their heart out, um, get all the 50-50 balls, get all the rebounds. He's just like, like tough-minded players, mentally tough players, dogs that, that leave their all on the court. That's what type of guy that Coach Cooley loves. And how have you been able to translate? Because I remember when you were at PC your senior year, like the freshman, like Ben Bentel, they all talked about what a great leader you were. Um, so did that make it kind of a natural transition that, you know, you were once a leader under Ed Cooley, and now you can kind of pull the guys aside a little bit and say, hey, when Coach is doing this, this is what he's looking for. Is that kind of a natural transition for you? Right, right. I've been with Coach so long um, that I know exactly what he's looking for type deal. Um, I know he, what, what he asks of the guys. So it's kind of easy for me to get in there and, and know exactly what Coach Cooley would want in any situation. So that that kind of helps me a lot. To be, be then play for him for four years, um, played a lot of minutes for him, have a personal re real relationship with him to know what type of guys that he loves and what type of players um, that he loves and the things that he wants from you on the court. So that plays a major role. Was that something you just kind of understood at an early, cause you contributed from the start. I mean, people forget you had like a 33 point game as a freshman, you're the 24 and 15, one game. Was that something you just kind of picked up on instinctually when you were a freshman? Cause you kind of hit the ground running in a way that most freshmen really don't in the Big East. I think it was kind of a match made in heaven. Um, I come from a tough upbringing as well. So me and Coach Cooley have a lot of similarities. So the things that he would have to bring out of other people, I, I feel like I already had and I already brought to the table. That's why we, like, it was like a match made in heaven. That's why it was so easy for me to get on the court and play early as a freshman. Um, and it was easy for him to get on me because I got tough skin. So he was he was pushing me and I was pushing myself at the same time. And it was like a match made in heaven. And that's why it makes sense that uh, I hear you say that uh, I was an Ed Cooley guy, like typical Ed Cooley guy. And, and I prided myself on being a, a tough guy myself. So in terms of success this year, we've obviously highlighted it already that this team is like special. Like there's something really good about it and they certainly play for each other. You've been on some successful teams as well. What has the success really been like? Like you've been able to take it from a different perspective this year being on the bench how has this success been a little bit different than maybe a team you were on or like what's, what's so special about this team? I think they play for one another. And this is probably one of the most competitive groups I've been around. Um, they take these games personal. 
each player like literally takes it personal. Their matchup, um, the other team, the things that people are saying about the group, like they take it personal and they work their tail off in the gym. Like they've been living in the gym since this summer. So it's no egos, everybody in for the same ultimate goal and that's winning. So that's why one game it'll be our dorm that's that's leading us and scoring or having a big game. Uh, Ed Croswell, Nate, I can go down the list. So everybody that plays that can have a big game for us. And that's what it takes for us to be a great team, to be a great team um, at this level. You, you have to have all, everybody in uh, for one common goal. So something that I thought was interesting was I was listening to an interview with John Rook and Coach Battle after one of the recent games. And Coach Battle just goes, he's like, you know, after the holidays, you expect the guys to be a little like, you know, a little lethargic, like they ate too much. Like, you know, they're not ready to come back and play these guys. They come back and they're just ready to go from the moment, like the, from, from the get go. Yeah. I mean, over break, I was checking in with the guys and all of them was in the gym. They all was living in the gym. They always having the conversation about what we have to do when we get back. Like these guys love the game of basketball and they love playing with each other. And that makes it easier for every coach on the staff that, that got that got guys that understand what it takes to win at this level. You know what I mean? We got a lot of older guys, guys that have been around the block, and um, they all just bought in early in the season to, to, to winning. Um, we have a saying, um, everybody eats, right? We win, everybody's going to be okay. Whatever your goals is, you're going to be okay if, if, if we win. So that's the major goal is when everybody get noticed, Everybody achieves their achieves their individual goals if we win. So, Ladante, I thought one of the really cooler things from when you were at PC was when God Sham God came back, and it seemed like you guys had a really good relationship with him from the outside looking in. And I'm wondering if there's anything that you kind of learned from how he was with you guys that you take with what you're doing with the players now. If there's any sort of similarities there that you see, yeah, there's a lot of similarities. I look at a uh, guy, Sam guy, like a, like my big brother, right? And um, he was there for me every step of the way um, on the court and off. And I know that that helped us a lot. and helped me as, as an individual a lot. So I want to provide that for these guys. And I've been doing that since since it started. So when I got the job, guy, Sam guy was probably one of the first guys that I called to to let him know. And he just let me know, man, you got everything that um, – that it takes to be successful and, and to help the guys, to help the program. And he's just been giving me confidence and I've just been kind of stealing the things that I learned from him and, and embedding it in, in this group. And Lodante, did you know any of the players before you came aboard or was it kind of all new to you? I had a, a relationship with the older guys like AJ and Nate uh, from coming back in the summer, Jared Bynum. I came back in every summer and, and, and got in workouts at, at the facility. So I see those guys around and I have real conversations with them. Um, Cause at the end of the day, man, a lot of these kids want to be pros, right? They want to play professionally and, and, and feed their families. And um, I just give them knowledge on what it takes to, to do that. I mean, from a fan's perspective, right? There's nothing that I enjoy more than seeing like the guys over the summer working out together alumni coming back you Chris Ben Rodney like you guys were always a tight group always came back to just work out together and it just always like brought a smile to my face I was like you know what it's just so cool to see that this is bigger than basketball in a sense and with with that being said what is your day-to-day -day been like since taking this new role I know you you know you're the special assistant to the head coach like what, what's the day-to-day -day been like since you jumped back in 
Yeah, it's it's been it's been a grind, and I love I'm loving every bit of it. Um, like I get up in the morning and and head to the gym and start working on film. Usually, I get on the film. Usually, a lot of guys come in in between classes and, and get on 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 court development in. So I lot of do, do a lot of training in the mornings, and uh, meet with the coaches, talk to the coaching staff, and, and then by that time practice is starting, and then we get a good good practice in and. Sometimes guys want to get a good workout in after that. So it's a it's a grind, but I love it, man. Um, I love the game of basketball. I'm still around it. It's not like I walked away from it. I'm still here. Um, I'm, I'm living through these guys, and <clears throat> I just want these guys to be successful, man. I just want them to live out their dreams because I know how hard it could be a, a young kid trying to live your dream out. And that's, and that's being successful at this level. That's... Uh, Getting uh, graduating, getting a degree, that's playing professional basketball. I know how much it could be weighing on you on a day to day basis, and I just kind of want to relieve that and let these guys know that it'll be okay. Everything's gonna work out if if we win, and all your goals is gonna be made, man. So follow up to that. How important is that extra work? Like, obviously, you gotta go to practice. You gotta hit the weight room. Coach White gets guys right, gets guys strong. How important is that extra work? I think that's probably the most important thing because at the end of the day, guys have to be good enough, right? You got to work on your game and you got to take them jumps from step to step each year. And I, and I believe these guys did that. And believe it or not, the, the, the shots these guys make in the game, making the game, they work on them. Like they work on them on a daily basis. Like these, these guys live in the gym. The shot that Jared Bynum hit, he worked on it earlier that week, this week. True story. Is, is that real? And that's the little things that maybe wasn't in the program before, that guys wasn't working as, as much as they are this year. That could be the difference within this group, just the work ethic and the time, putting in the time to, to get better at the game of basketball. But we have no problems with this group on, on living in the gym. And that's the most important thing, I believe. Last question for me, then we'll kick it back to Kev. Who's one of the hardest workers that like that you that you played with that put in that extra work? And who's and who's an example on this current team where you're just like, wow, like, like, like this is like they really are putting in that work. Uh, it was Bryce Cotton without a, without a doubt. Bryce lived in it. Yeah. Like he lived in it by himself with God, him, God, sometimes like he was living in the gym and it kind of motivated everybody else to. Like, All right. OK. Okay, we got to live in this gym with him. Like, that's our guy. That's our teammate. This is what it takes. You know what I mean? So I would say Bryce Cotton lived in the gym probably the most out of everybody I played with at PC. And uh, the guys now, it's a, it's a few of them. It's hard to say one. All A lot of these guys are living in the gym, and, and that's why they're having the year they're having, because they're in there 24-7. And that's what it takes, ultimately. But I cannot just point out one guy. I'll be doing an injustice to the rest of them because they all are living in the gym, man. In the Dante, it hasn't been that long since you graduated, but a, kind of a two-part question to wrap up for me. How much different are things on campus now, even from 2016 when you were a student? And then what kind of pride do you take when you think back to, you know, 2011, I think was your, you know, the fall yeah. of the first year, just how different things are from that time? I mean, as far as campus-wise, like, I, when I first got back, man, I didn't even know how to get around. Like, 
is that much better, man. It's that beautiful. And the things that they're done to campus is just amazing. Like the new facility at PC, like for the basketball team, like I couldn't imagine in a million years. Coming from alumni when we was practicing in there every day and they just had uh, wooden bleachers when I first got here. So, I mean, that's what winning do, man. That's what winning do. That's what culture change do. And that's and I, uh, big kudos to, to Coach Cooley for changing the, the, the program and the mindset of everybody within the program, of the winning mindset. And uh, Bob Driscoll, um, him, his, his mindset and his leadership made a change also. I mean, so well said. Like, I mean, as a, a lifelong fan, Kevin, Kevin as well, it's like but we had Bob Walsh on the show and he said the same exact thing. He was like, the mindset is what has changed this program under Coach Cooley, like that we can be the best, that no matter how small we are, no matter being the underdog in previous Big East years, that we we know we can be great. And 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 that's such a huge part of it. So I I got a I got a question for you personally, Ladante, just in the, the sense of like since you've come back and you become a coach, have been guys, you know, your former teammates and guys you kept in touch with, are they texting you? Oh, like, you know, I'm watching the game or like, you know, oh, how's everything going? Stuff like that. Yeah, I, I keep up, uh, keep in touch with a lot of guys that I played with, guys before me. Uh, like I talked to Marshawn a lot, Marshawn Brooks. That's that's one of my um, mentors, I would say, in, in the game of basketball. Um, he was a little bit before me. Uh, Chris Dunn all the time, Ben Bento, Junior Lamumba, uh, Ted Bancroft, Carson DeRozier, Tyler, like everybody, like the the groups we had at PC was special, man. We had a special bond, and and I don't think nothing will will change that. I always keep in touch with those guys, and they they're excited about what's going on in Friartown. Believe that they're excited about it, man. And it's good. It's good for 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 Friartown. It's good for the alumni that play here before them. Um, it's just a great time in Friartown right now. And how much pride does that bring you that like you're the guy right now you're you're bringing it all together as a former player now now a coach this was like your destiny and I can't honestly think of a better person who is who is meant for it to be a, a brand ambassador for this program like how does it feel every day when you wake up I appreciate that man but like it's it's like manifestation right out me and coach Cooley always talked about it um we always spoken into existence that one day I'll come back and, and for it to be happening now and with this special group, uh, it's a it's a blessing, man. It's a true it's a true blessing that that I'm back around the program and and I'm back around Coach Cooley, my mentor, somebody I look at as a father figure that's that's really putting me under their wing and guiding me within the, the the my coach my first coaching year and I appreciate him for everything, man. It wouldn't be possible without my guy. And just one final question on Ed. I feel like Coach Cooley said a couple of times after games this year. Oh, the old Ed would have gotten furious over this or that. Have you seen him, how have you seen him kind of develop and change as a coach when you were a player? And I, t I tell him all the time, man. You ain't as hard as on on the guy as, as, as you were on me, man. Like he was on he was on me every day. He he never let up off me, man. And he'll tell you that himself. But um I think he, he made change. It's a, it's a new generation, it's a new culture. I think he made a change for the better. Um I think he still get on guys, but he, I think this group um, relies on him giving them confidence. I think the confidence is the major thing for this group, and he's been a great doing a great job of keeping this group confident. Um, they believe that they have run through the wall for Coach Cooley, and, and, and he's given them everything in return.
he's putting the time in, he's putting the work in, and it's it's a special group, man. It's a special time in Friar Town. Absolutely. So, I mean, where do you think this team can go? Like, the, the, it seems like the ceiling is just is sky high. You know, from what you guys have talked about, what do, where where do you think you could go, and what's the goal? I mean, I, like it's just like when I'm a, I was a player, man. I believe that we can win every game that's out there, any any and every game against anybody. Put my guys up against yours, and and I believe in my guys every time. I mean, we got some dogs in there, man. Big shout out to Justin Manaya, one of the hardest workers, um, one of the best defenders in the league. We just got an uh, older group, man, that that put in the time, put in the work, and I and I trust the work, right? So I trust it against any team in the country. I'm going to take my guys. And to wrap up on my end, what's one of your favorite Friar memories of all time? Like, like something that you just like, it'll kind of come back to you randomly where you're like, wow, that was, that was really cool. Uh, I mean, we, everybody always bring up the, the shot at Madison Square Garden uh, uh, within less than a minute. Um, where I shot it on the wing and made it, um, kind of sealed the deal a little bit, right? But I think the incident, I know we didn't win the game, but the NCAA tournament game, my junior year against North Carolina, Bryce Cotton was putting on a show, man. He was big time. Nobody could stop him that day. Um, I know we didn't get the win, but I was happy for him to just to go out, just know he went out giving it his all, right? So that was probably one of the, the biggest memories for me is winning the Big East Championship and uh, Bryce Cotton have a, having a, a day in the, in the NCAA tournament. He was he was balling. Like, I mean, yeah. everybody everybody remembers even the handshake at the end. Roy Williams leaning into Coach Cool. He was like, yo, you yeah. had this game, man. You had us yeah. on the ropes. <laughs> right, right, right. That was one of the, that was a, that was a game that I think about all the time and that we I wish we should have got. But. Can't do nothing about it now, man. No, but does it feel good to be back in Rhode Island? Do you like the beaches? You know, what, what are some of your other favorite things to do in Rhode Island? Um, yeah, I love it here, man. I love it here. There's so much to do here compared to where I'm from. Like, the Midwest is, is more laid back, like I said. Um, but I like to bowl. I'm a bowler. Um, I got a two-year-old daughter, so I, I spend a lot of time with her. I take her to little places, little parks, and the uh, trampoline places and, and things of that sort, but I'm not a, a really a outdoorsy guy. I fish every now and then. That's about it. So in the, the summer, I was doing a lot of fishing, different rivers around around uh, the state. So yeah, I'm I'm loving it around here right now. Well, we're glad to have you back home, and we can't thank you enough for joining us here tonight. It was an amazing win last night. It's been an amazing season. We know, obviously, you've had a huge part of it in coming back home, and we're very thankful to have you back here where you belong in Friartown. Thank you, my man. Um, thanks for having me, man. You guys, you guys do a great job, um, and I'm happy to be back in Friartown, baby. Go Friars. Go Friars, man. We'd like to thank everybody for listening to episode 19 of the Friar Podcast. And of course, a special thank you to our guest, special assistant to the head coach, and Friar all-time great, LaDante Buckets Henton. If you enjoy our content, of course, you can find us on social media at the Friar Podcast on Twitter and at the Friar Podcast on Instagram. We look forward to next episode. And as always, go Friars. Go Friars.